Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Coming up this week, we're going to talk to you about Pixar Pier now that it is open for everyone to see. I had a chance to check it out this past week. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the merchandise I came across uh, while I was out there that really grabbed my eye. And we're going to introduce a new segment called Attraction Envy. Things the Disneyland folks wish they had from Walt Disney World and things the Walt Disney World folks wish they had from Disneyland. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 734 for the week of July 2nd, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams help you plan every part of your next Disneyland vacation. Their concierge planning services are brought to you at no additional charge. Visit them at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and start planning your next Disneyland vacation today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my co-host, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And out in California by our producer, Mr. Tyler Crouch. Hey, everyone. And the lovely and talented Miss Katrina Manzoni. Yeah? There she is. Okay. Hi! <laughs> um... Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a good week. Um, this will be going up a little late today, but you already know that because you're seeing it late. But uh, that's only because I just got back from California uh, yesterday and uh, had a, an amazing week out in Disneyland. My fourth trip now uh, out there this year, and I've got two more planned before the end of July. So um, loving the amount of time I'm getting to spend out in California. Um, but we're going to get right into it. Uh, I, I, I want to start off talking about Pixar Pier, which just opened last week uh, officially. And uh, I, I want to start out by saying that a lot of what I've read online from the Disneyland fans, uh, they are just not a fan of Pixar Pier. And I don't know what they were expecting. Maybe Maybe Tyler and Katrina can shed some light on this. I thought it was excellent, and I thought it was a big improvement over Paradise Pier. Um, it makes the park more Disney, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I'll throw it over to Tyler and Katrina. Why do you think there is so much negativity coming back at Pixar Pier right now? Well, I, I mean, I think a big part of it has to do with expecting too much like you said and and just kind of redoing what they've what they already have there um i, I don't know I, I think that when you look at it online and i think a lot of these people probably have only experienced it looking through videos and and photos and whatnot when you look at it online it's not quite as exciting to me as if you're actually there in person because then when you're there you sorry, get to experience sorry that's <laughs> hit the wrong button to i'm trying to mute i'm trying to mute my apple watch and instead, I hit the ping my phone button. Uh, sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, I I just think that when you're actually there, you can you can you get to experience all the details and everything because they really did pack a little details into every nook and cranny. And when you look at everything, you can see that everything has a new fresh coat of paint on it. You know, I think a lot of the big problem is change. People just don't like change that well, much. Well, I mean, but. they 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 complained about it when it was Paradise Pier that it wasn't Disney that it was a lot of off the shelf rides, uh, more or less. Um, and they hated it for that, and now they go. Disney goes ahead and changes it, and like they hate it for that too. So it's like, I, I mean, I understand the idea that you know if you're taking this area of the park and you're redoing it, that you want something new, you want something exciting, and this was just an overlay. They kept everything the way it was. They've just changed the the theme of certain things. For example, uh, Cal- what was California Screaming. Uh, the the roller coaster is now the Incredicoaster. Uh, they didn't really make any major changes to that, other than the theme of it and some of the uh, elements as you go through the ride. Um, but Disney said that from the very beginning, what this was going to be. So they, you know, let people know that no, we're not adding any major new attractions. Obviously, it was only down for what three months, three or four months. So it yeah, wasn't four months. It wasn't exactly you know. I mean, we all knew it wasn't going to be huge. But I thought, as you pointed out, the details that they brought in were were really cool. So talk to me about... But I will also say this. Um, there's a lot, there are things that are not, we're, we're not ready yet. Um, right. You know, Bing Bong's, the candy shop. How can you not have that ready? You know, that kind of blew my mind. I think that's my issue kind of with the uh, announcement. I, I have that issue with Disney being like, here we go. Here's a grand opening of stuff that's not done. And so you're like essentially half the pier because it's missing the um, inside out attraction. And um, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have bing bongs yet. And so it feels like it's incomplete, but they and, touted this as being like the big opening of it. But also the, uh, um, the, co- the, uh, the carousel yeah, which is being rethemed yeah. as Ariel's, and now uh, what's it being rethemed to and again? Jesse's Critter Carousel, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Jesse's Critter Carousel, and that's Carous- based off of the Toy Story. Yeah, Jesse from Toy Story. Right, and so like that's not done. Um, now I understand they're taking um, Flicks attraction Flicks flyers. from the yeah. Flicks Flyers from Bugs Land, and they're basically moving that over. And retheming it to Inside Out, uh, they're going to call it emotional whirlwind. Um, so I kind of understand that not being done, but the carousel and the the candy store didn't make any sense to me. But that notwithstanding, I thought it was great. I think people might have a fear, or not a fear, but you know, like it's like how Hollywood Studios has kind of shifted away from being Hollywood Studios. I guess is that the idea that Disney California Adventure is no longer really about the California lifestyle or like the things that are but that's what they complained about when it first opened they hated it because it was about the california lifestyle and had nothing to do with disney disney has you know billions invested in redoing that park to make it more disney and they do that and then they still complain well you think it'd be they'd be used to it because for me i mean it seems like it's the morphing park like it just is always changing and i feel like that's okay because it doesn't have to stay like how disneyland's got to stay in its very specific like here's here's you know adventureland tomorrowland fantasy like the california adventure it doesn't have those type of constraints to it so it feel i feel like it's 
I feel like that's a real great opportunity for it. You know, when they start trying to tear down like Grizzly Peak or something like that, that's when I'll start picketing. But I, <laughs> I, I look forward to experiencing the pier myself. So I don't. Well, the other, uh, the other highly anticipated uh, opening and addition to uh, California Adventure and Pixar Pier uh, was the Lamplight Lounge, uh, formerly uh, Ariel's Grotto. Right? It was Ariel's Grotto was the name of the restaurant. Ariel's Grotto yeah. was on the bottom. It was and on the Cove bottom. Was and on the then the top. Cove uh, the Cove Bar, uh, Cove Cafe, or the Cove Bar, excuse me. Cove Bar. <laughs> I get it confused with uh, on the on the Disney ships, the coffee shop. Uh, the Cove Bar that was up actually on the boardwalk. And they made that all into basically the Lamplight Lounge with uh, uh, drinks and appetizers being served where the Cove Bar used to be up on the boardwalk. And those same things, but the addition of entrees being served downstairs where Ariel's Grotto used to be. Uh, now, uh, last week, uh, t- Tyler and Katrina talked about their preview of that and how good it was. So my expectations were high. I'm not gonna, we're not going to give the full review here. That's going to be coming out in the next few days. But let me tell you what an absolute disaster this place is. Oh, no. Absolute disaster. One of the worst dining experiences I've had on Disney property in years. Um, food, service, the whole nine yards. Oh, no. Absolute disaster. Um, they had some things that were very good. But when I tell you this place, I put this out on Twitter, that it's not ready for prime time. They had no business opening this when they were this unprepared. Because this is just about not being ready and shame on them this is a complete failure on management's part uh with the opening of this that's disappointing to hear it it really was because i was really looking forward to it now the theme um it's kind of like themed around like where where animators would hang out and well does the building look done did you feel like the you did you feel like Okay, that's the one thing they got. Right? Oh, absolutely! Like, okay. After the theme inside, the the, in- the internals, the interiors, gorgeous and beautifully There's done. Nothing in the guts of it is coming again. The yeah. but the thing you know you you know theme is important at Disney for restaurants. I won't say that, but it's not why you go. Yeah, yeah. You go for the food. You go for the service. And on those, for me, on that level, they completely fell down on the wow. job. And the prices yeah. are absurd for what they are serving. Absurd. I yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I agree with you in one point, but then Tyler and I have been a couple times after uh, we did it together. And I feel like the service is spotty, but then the food that we've had has actually been pretty good. But I mean, it's kind of like a 50-50 and that shouldn't be the way it should always be 100% perfect. And I'm kind of like bummed that you didn't like it because I was like, oh, it was so good. Well, um, but it is what it, I mean, it, I, I want it to be better. And hopefully, I think they just pushed it to open as fast as they could, which they shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that. one, of the, that's one of the issues with, with the build that they had to do is they had no time to train anybody because they were building that location uh, all the way up until it was ready to go. You know, that's I'm not giving them an excuse. You know, that's that's a part that was definitely part of the issue that they had. But um, I think the other thing, too, about the pricing is like 
unfortunately, we're starting to see that these are going to be normal Disney prices at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lamplight Lounge w is one of the first ones to be this expensive, but we also have seen Splitsville have a pretty much the same pricing scheme for the same type of food. And now we also went to Riverbell Terrace together, and all those sandwiches were like the same price. And, and honestly, if I'm going to go to Riverbell Terrace or Lamplight Lounge, I'd probably choose Lamplight Lounge with the same pricing scheme. Um, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it comes off as very expensive right now, but I guarantee you that we're going to start seeing very similar pricing across all the restaurants well, in Disneyland. I, I mentioned this, you know, I mentioned this in the review. And again, I don't want to go too far into it because I want to save it for that review that we have going up. But um, I had a burger at the Lamplight Lounge, a $22 burger. Now, by contrast, by contrast, a few days later, in the Hearthstone Lounge in the lobby of the Grand Californian, I had a $20 burger, $2 cheaper. And when I tell you the difference between these two burgers was the difference between eating at McDonald's and eating at a gourmet restaurant. Really? For $20, I got a Wagyu beef burger that was big. It was really flavorful. Now, you know, I've, as I mentioned, uh, I, I eat on the keto diet, so I don't do carbs. So both of these are served for me the same way. Mm -hmm. um, the burger I got at Lamplight was literally an eighth, an, an eighth of a pound frozen patty with a, 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 some, some cheddar cheese on the top, as opposed to this quarter or half pound burger that I got for $2 less at the Hearthstone that was Wagyu beef with a burrata cheese on top. Wow. So I don't, you know, and it's not like these locations are millions of miles apart. They're literally walking distance from each other like everything else at Disneyland. Um, it just kind of drove home for me the quality and the price and the service. I'm sorry, if you're failing that bad, you've really screwed up. And I won't go into any more. I, I won't go into any more. I know you guys have had much more positive experiences there. The stuff yeah. I'm seeing coming back online, hearing a lot of the same things that uh, I've been saying about the service not being good. Um, I think most people are more positive about the food than I am. Um, so I will say that in fairness. But I can only go by the experience I had. And what I ate, I was supposed to go back there a second night, and it was so bad. Oh. I was like, I'm not going to waste any more time or money while I'm out here eating there. So these are things that are fixable. These are things that can be corrected. But for me, the biggest failure right now at Pixar Pier is absolutely the Lamplight Lounge. Biggest failure of That's all. That's a of shame. Them. That's a shame because the Cove Bar, like for me, it was like a must stop and experience place. So it makes me a little sad. I never ate. Well, the appetizers were really good. Grotto, I will say so. the appetizers we yeah. had were really good. So go to the Cove Bar, have the appetizers and the drinks. Just stay the hell away from the damn entrees. The downstairs. Holy okay. crap. Oh. Yeah, the lobster nachos, that stuff is is all still exactly what you would expect it to be. And, and just larger, though. I mean, they, 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 they kind of increased the size of it, didn't they? Oh. Yeah, yeah, they well, made it a little bigger. Excellent. Yeah. They raised the price on it, yeah, but two more you know. dollars again, over and over. But I also think yeah. that a lot of their other appetizers are better than a lot of what Cove Bar had. I mean, Cove Bar had chicken wings and you know some sliders, 
and I never thought that stuff was good. I thought the only thing I would ever want to order there was the lobster nachos. And now I would say, you know, that if you want to go have that Coke bar experience, you can do it and you can have better appetizers too. So yeah, I think the main downfall was the entrees, but anyway, so we'll, we all we'll save that for the review. Yeah, we'll save it for the review. Um, also, some other cool things. Um, they, they, they've changed around some of the uh, some of the Midway games they have on the boardwalk. Oh, cool. And um, yeah. we, uh, I, I forgot the name of the, you know, it's one of the ones where you shoot the water pistol and you try and, you know, win a race. Yeah. Um, uh, Wally Space Race. Wally Space Race. Thank you. And uh, oh, I won. I won an Eve. And uh, uh, Miss Katrina is showing uh, off a Wally doll. And this is the bigger prize. So there's uh, two different levels of prizes depending on how many people are going to be playing. And each game is $4 to play. Uh, and so the so uh, Pete and I, this these are like the top prizes. So like four to five people have to play or five to six people have to play this game to get the bigger prizes. You've got to win. And then two to three to get the smaller prize, which is a smaller Wally or a Mo. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty nice for a $4 game, but I mean, for this one, we had to spend $20. I was just going to say that this was not a $4 <laughs> win. Okay. This was not, I had to go recharge that card again because I was determined, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you know, you feel like an idiot because you're competing against six year olds. Um, but I was determined to win and it was rigged. There was like one where I was like, Pete's going to win. I just know it. And then he lost and I was like, how is that possible? You're on it the whole time. Yeah. It makes, kind of, you're kind so of at the whim of the, uh, of like how fast the water comes out of the guns, I guess, because it's just like, sometimes I'm right on the target and I don't win. So, but honestly, I was thinking about it and you go into Nick snacks where they have like different plushies and stuff from Pixar and they have a smaller Wally, like granted, it's a little bit higher quality than this one, but that Wally is sixteen ninety five. So I'm not I don't feel too bad about paying twenty dollars to get this Wally who's actually bigger and he has the little fire extinguisher. Um I, I so I think it's actually not horrible when you think about buying a plushie in the shop, you know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think the quality of this is actually really good. Feel that. I mean it's Oh yeah, oh, this feels like it's a really up, nice like, quality stuffed animal, yeah. This like, is a nice quality stuffed animal. Um I love it. So, well stuffed Plushie, whatever they call it. Plushies. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you got another little gentleman over here holding a star or something. Yeah. Yeah. And what? The, so what the hell this was this like again? This is like the Luna Starcatcher game. Oh right, right, right. And because uh, I yeah, had no so idea who this short was. from the short from called La Luna. Uh, it was in front of Brave. If anybody watched it in theaters, it's but Steve this is Porter. Bambino, and he's holding a little star. Um, it does look and, like Steve Porter. <laughs> and I think. <laughs> We should get a little hat like this and dress them up for Halloween. Uh, but it's a, like a guaranteed win game. So it's like like the stars are in like the water and you catch a star and there's like a color on the bottom of the star that'll indicate uh, what size prize you win. So hmm. uh, when Pete played, he got the big one, which is Bambino. And then when Tyler did it, he got like a smaller prize. So it's like a little moon and then it has like Pixar Pier on the back. Oh, that's cute. I think it's kind of cute. Uh, you get to choose the kind of star or moon that you want. Uh, but again, this is $4 to play, but it's a guaranteed win. So, And then you can upgrade, too. If I think you get two small ones, you can upgrade to a large one. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I actually had a lot of fun yeah. doing it. And How many well, of these type of games are there? Uh, There's four. four, right? 
there's four. So there's the Luna Starcatcher Heimlich's Candy Corn Toss, which is super hard. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, it was. I was so close, but I didn't get it. Um, you have to like. You get like nine uh, candy corns, and you have to toss them into Heimlich's mouth, and you have to get three in to get a prize. Uh, I didn't even get one. Hard. But then again, and I throw then, like a girl, so you know. And uh, the Wally's Space Race, and the last one's Bullseye Stallion Stampede, which is exactly the same. They haven't really rethemed it, uh, and it's exact same prizes as Little Horses. Uh, we didn't play that one though. I think we were mainly focused on Wally because that I think had the best prizes. So you said something about a card that you charge. Is it like right? You go, um, like you, what you do? It's it's kind of like when you go to any Disney arcade, um, you you buy a a, a play card hmm. um, that you can charge up with you know a certain amount of money. Um, I put twenty dollars on our cards. Yeah, and then when you sit down at a game, you swipe. Okay, um, and it takes off you know whatever it is. Like it's like you know, four dollars a game. Um, yeah, four hundred points. Four hundred points, which is four four dollars. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know why they just don't say that. I don't get that. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be 100? I guess it makes it easier to spend if it's points and not yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it, but it was, it was really cool. I loved Pixar Pier with the exception of the fact it was a madhouse. I, uh, I flew in on uh, a, last Sunday and went right over. And you could barely move on the pier. Oh. I mean, it was jammed little bit better the rest of the week but still really 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 busy um with everybody going and checking it out you know and the like the standby wait time for a table at lamplight was like 45 minutes to an hour most of the week i believe you know and the best part about lamplight if you want to sit down at the table for standby is they do the text message system so you just give them your number and then you can go off to the boardwalk play a couple games and and then they'll text you when your table's ready and then you have 10 minutes to get back or you forfeit the table but at least you don't have to be chained to that area for like an hour and a half or an hour or however long it's going to be but how long um how long are the uh, waits just to get into the cove bar how long is that uh, line usually that doesn't have you have to you're chained there. Unfortunately, they don't have a text message system. But on average, we've been seeing about like 30 to 45 minutes. I think a lot of people want to sit downstairs right now just to see all the all the cool memorabilia. So right now, the upstairs is not that long. Are they both just called Lamplight Lounge now? Is it just one name or does upstairs have a different name? As far as I know, it's just one name. Okay. I'm just curious. I, that's why I, yeah. I thought I'd heard that it's all Lamplight Lounge, but... It was, I wasn't sure if you just specify when you go up what you want to do. So it's cool. They have uh, two they, different lines. They have one to the left, and that's for that's for the Cove Bar area. And then they also just have a, a, a woman or you know somebody standing out there with a iPad, and that's the area for Lamplight Lounge or for the bottom area, I should say. All right. So, so yeah. just just to wrap up this particular discussion, scale of one to ten, Tyler. Right now, what do you give Pixar Pier? Oh, I mean, honestly, I give it a, probably like an eight because I don't think it's perfect and it definitely is not ready for prime time. I mean, we talked about the rides that are missing. They're supposed to be like a little fun so a uh, fun size uh, Zerg out by the Poultry Palace. And he he's finally there now, but he wasn't there to begin with. So it's a little it's the little things that they just weren't ready to do yet. I, but I would give it an eight because I love Incredicoaster. I think Incredicoaster was a, is a huge plus. I think that's a lot better than California Screaming was. And uh, and I, I just like 
I just like that everything's a lot more colorful and you can look around and see all these little details. And to me, it makes it a much more interesting experience than Paradise Pier ever was. So, Katrina, what about you? One to ten. Uh, I kind of want to say eight, but I'm going to go with like a seven and a half because I'm waiting for Bing Bong's candy shop to open up. And like Tyler said, there's a lot of progress that needs to be made. I do like the new retheming of it versus the other retheming. It just makes it pop more because of the color, but I'm going to have to give it a seven and a half until Bing Bong opens. And I am giving it a seven, uh, mainly because of my experience at Lamplight Lounge and the fact that not everything is done yet. Um, But this has the potential to be a nine. Um, It's got real nine potential written all over it. So, (laughs) all right, that's uh, that's enough of our talk on Pixar Pier. Let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about merchandise. Um, you know, I'm I'm always on the lookout, especially when I'm out there, for whatever just grabs my eye. And the minute I saw these, I'm like, oh my god, these are so cool. We <laughs> may have this out here, but I've not seen them, so forgive me. But um, we were going past Soren, uh, Soren over the world, out in out in sure. California Adventure. And I saw this mug, this Soren mug, with this great S handle. Um, it's a little awkward to hold, but it just, you know, it's got, you know, Aviator Mickey on the front with the Soren logo. And I just thought this was such a cool yeah. mug. It's so different with yeah, that handle. Yeah, you can find it at Russian River Outfitters just across the way from uh, from Grizzly in, in Grizzly Peak across from Soren around the world. Just in case everybody's like wanting to look for it. Yep. Well, no, wasn't it also in that store that was directly across from Soren? Yeah, it's in yeah, Humphreys. The, oh, it's called oh, Russian River Outfitters. Okay. okay. I thought that was the I one down for the Outfitters. Oh, never mind then. Just kidding. Okay. I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was also over at Russian River, but it was in, but it, we did find this one in Humphreys. Right, okay. in Humphreys. It's right across from, from the attraction. Another thing they had that I thought, and this was uh, $23, $22.99 for this, but it was so cool I didn't care. Um, and the other new thing with Disney now is all t-shirts are like 30 bucks uh, this was no exception this is a Soren <laughs> t-shirt with uh, it, it looks like a um, looks like you're wearing like an aviator's bomber jacket with uh, Soren logos and uh, a Mickey uh, a Mickey flight pass hanging down off the collar and then like it looks like the jacket is kind of unzipped hold this up so you can see it better looks like the jacket is unzipped and showing a Soren t-shirt just underneath it I'm like okay that's that's just really cool I love Soren it's one of my favorite rides I liked the old one better than the new one but it's still one of my favorite rides this was $30 which I think is expensive because mm. it's not like the uh, the 28 and main material yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad but I it's think kind of in the middle between like the standard issue. It's Disney a Hanes. Thing. It's a Hanes t-shirt. Um, but I was just like, oh my god, that's so cool. And again, I don't remember ever seeing these out here. They may have them, and I just miss them. But Maybe. I'm always on Soren when I go to Epcot, and I I would have. Well, it's hard because they don't really have a store. They, they just don't. have that like little. Um, I don't know what you call it, like a little kiosk. They have a little outside. kiosk. But I, I thought they just sold like popcorn and snacks at it. I didn't see Soren okay. merch, but maybe maybe it's new. Maybe they've added it since then. But we'll have to check. 
See that, and that store is all you know. The store in, in California Adventures always had yeah. store and merch and yeah. stuff like that. So, I don't know how long this has been there. I'm not saying this is stuff is necessarily new. I want to say it's new because when we were walking by, that little display caught my eye, and I haven't seen that little display like that for a while. Usually, it's uh, <laughs> what's uh, what's that bear? Oh my gosh, I just Smoky forgot his name. Smokey the bear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's usually <laughs> it's usually him that's always in like for display. Yeah, I I thought it was really that's a great little shop too. They have all all sorts of great little mm. Soren merchandise and stuff. So if you're a fan of Soren, when you're out there, um, I will check the next time I'm in Epcot to see if yeah any of these exist here. Um, but uh, a lot of times I find stuff out there that we just don't have here. That we just don't have here. So, well, you know, there was the T-shirts we got in the Guardians of the Galaxy gift shop. That they're like that type of a shirt where they're the body of the character. And I brought uh, Eli Captain America one, and I got an Iron Man one. And he has been bugging me to find where the shirts are because he loves how it fits. He loved the quality of it, and everybody always comments on it. But they don't sell them anywhere here. Apparently, they're only. They're only out there, so I'm, I'm like, Interesting. I know what I'm getting the next time I go out there. <laughs> Which is in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, so. so. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to a new segment we, we came up with that I'm excited to talk about. Um, we're, call, we're calling it Attraction Envy. Um, stuff the Walt Disney World folks wish uh, we had from California and stuff the California folks wish they had from Walt Disney World. So um, I'm going to let Katrina start us off. What in Walt Disney World do you wish you had out in Disneyland? Uh, I know there's like two that really like pop into mind. Uh, I know Tyler and I have the same ones, but I really want to see the Peter Pan Flights queue. I know it's not like the ride in general. Like I want to keep my ride, but I want your queue because it makes me want to wait in line for Peter Pan and... I would have to say Test Track as well in Epcot. I think we have cars here, uh, you know, Radiator Springs Racers. Which but is a much, much better version yeah. of that ride. It, it is, but I love to design my car. And, like, Tyler and I try to compete with one another. And then we try to, like, go together. And then we try to rule the whole vehicle. So he does, too. Um, and then I do. Like, I try to, like, I don't know. This like the what is it called efficiency and yeah you all try that and stuff. do like efficiency and capability I'll try and do like uh, power and uh, responsiveness you know the yeah, different things so like that we try to win uh, us like instead of like everybody in the car out of six people I want at least Tyler and I to win all of those rounds uh, and then like the end is always so fantastic because you just speed around so fast and I like I feel like you it's faster at test track than it is at Radiator Springs Racers because we have the little bumps. Uh, but yeah, I want those. All right, Tyler, what about you? Well, I mean, the first one that really comes to mind is People Mover. Uh, People Mover mm-hmm. is like, you know, we used to have it out in Disneyland like years ago, and then they unfortunately dismantled it so they could build that failure of a ride, Rocket Rods, uh, which only lasted like about a year, uh, probably less than that, actually. But yeah, People Mover is one of those things that, you know, it, the line is always going to be. Hmm, 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops. Like that's like the longest I've ever seen it. And you just get to relax, especially after a long day of being in the Orlando heat. And just like, you're just like, I need to sit down and be in some shade for a while. And 
Um, I don't know. I always I always hope that one day I will get a glimpse of Space Mountain with the lights on in there. You know, so it's cool. Just one of those things. Yeah, I, I've I've seen video, but I've never got to see it myself. So um, I would really like to check that out. But People Mover is a big one for me. Um, another one for me. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough it's a tough choice. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, uh, Spaceship Earth because oh, yeah spaceship I agree. Earth, yeah spaceship earth is one of those rides another one where i can just sit and relax and the animatronics are i don't know i still think they're amazing even years later uh and just the story the storytelling and the lines you know think the phoenicians and stuff like i'm gonna have that in my head for the rest of my life and um I really wish we had something similar to that out here because I love those Omnimover rides. They're just something very relaxing about them. All right, Rhino, what about you? What is on what what, what attractions do you envy out what? at Disneyland? Well, I was thinking about this, and um, you know, I was going to say Guardians of the Galaxy because I like that. Because ride. that's uh, but you say hello to Rhino. He yeah. responds with <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's it's <laughs> it is one of those where like I if you had to put it in Tower of Terror, I do I do really enjoy like the theming of Tower of Terror. I do think the Guardians of the Galaxy, like the actual attraction there, I enjoy more than the attraction, the actual like the physical moving part of the attraction so i don't i started to think about it and i'm like i don't know that i necessarily want the same thing like that but one i definitely would love to have seen heroes indiana jones like the um i forgot the full name of it adventure adventure indiana jones's adventure um but it it's um i don't want to see it replace dinosaur because i know people say it's the same thing like oh it's the same type of track it could be the same track i don't know but i would have loved to have seen like a sort of an indiana jones adventure themed almost like land or area you know to hollywood studios where maybe they could keep the show if they wanted to but also put a ride and maybe like a fun themed like restaurant or kids some sort of explore area or something like that but indiana jones is always one of those ones every time i do it at disneyland it still kind of catches my breath when you take that first turn and enter that room and and the other one that i was really thinking about that i would love to see here is the it's just an overlay is the haunted mansion holiday because i as much as that's just like an overlay to an attraction i feel like it's a whole new it is attraction a whole new story and it's just so incredible and i would really love to see and i've said this about the halloween party and the christmas party here i'd love to see those sort of decorations stretch and that theming for that time of seasons to like stretch further back into the parks out of main street and i think like just kind of seeing that new york mansion maybe with like some snow covering on it or something like that would be really cool because you know the there it's the louisiana themed one but here ours is in a cold area so they could do like outside stuff to it as well so i I just still someday I hope that that one would come through. Well, I and I thought about that. I thought about putting uh, the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay mm-hmm. on my list, um, but I like the fact that it's just out there. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that to see it, I have to go out there because I don't ever want it to get too too any yeah. more similar than it already is. But with that said. <clears throat> um, I will say, like, my number one thing that I envy that they have that we don't uh, is Storybook Canal Riverboats. Um, 
I love that ride. It's it's a simple ride. It's a it's not you know anything grand or dramatic, but it is so cool. Um, you kind of get on this riverboat, and there are all these miniature villages uh, from different Disney fairy tales, different, different Disney stories. So you go past Agrabah, you go past you know Arendelle, Arendelle, yeah. and. Um, you know the three little pigs and all this other. I mean, it's all this really, really cool, and they're all done in miniature, and it's just this like really adorable boat ride that I love. That I try and do every single time I'm out there. Uh, so I really envy that we, they have that. You know what I love about that ride though too is it's it's not just like oh it's beautiful when you look through there. I just kind of love how it intertwines through other things as well. So it like goes, it's it feels like that in the Casey Junior train or kind of. Yeah, connected because they, you know, you're on the boat and you see the train go by, but you can also kind of see what's happening in Fantasyland around there. And so I just really love. It feels like you're really kind of moving through the park as opposed to like around the park when you do like the, um, the Mark Twain or something like that. So I really like that part of it too. You know? Yeah, I do too. Um, the other thing, and and I realize that I'm I'm breaking what I just said, breaking my own rule about what I just said about uh, uh, Haunted Mansion. Um, I envy their Pirates of the Caribbean attractions so much. One of my favorite attractions, um, the one in California is just clearly, it's not, in my opinion, even open to argument. It's so much better than ours. It is longer. It has a better uh, better storyline. Um, it is just plain better. And I envy. Did you do the updated one yeah, when you were just yeah. there? Yeah. It was cool. I mean, they they have like some things that are really really cool. Um, that one of them, Tyler had to point out to me. The skeleton man. The skeleton man, yeah. where you're kind of coming by this area, and there's a skeleton yeah. like hanging, and as you pass it, it turns from a skeleton into a man. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. and it kind of is that transition point from, you know, you're going through that area where yeah. you have all the dead pirates and their, you know, their treasure all around them, um, where you, you make that transition from that story, part of the story, into where the pirates are all alive and you yeah. go into the, the, the whole thing. It was incredibly well done. Incredibly. Yeah, I missed it the first time. But Tyler it's, it's a lot like that. It's a lot like that effect for anybody who's familiar of the butterfly in Journey into Imagination. Uh, for the figment ride, you know, it's the butterfly has the same type of effect where he just slowly disappears as you go by. It's really cool. It's really well done, like Pete was saying. Brilliantly done. Um, the other thing I really envy, I wish that we had, was a New Orleans Square. Um, not an attraction per se, but an area. Um, I, I would much rather have a New Orleans Square here um, uh, than I would. Uh, Liberty Square. I'm sorry, I just saw a news flat, a news update come across my screen that like, oh my god, but we're, has nothing to do with this show. So <laughs> <clears throat> that's why I got distracted. But I would much rather have New Orleans Square than Liberty Square. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I do have this feeling about how, like, for me, Liberty Square of all the places in the Magic Kingdom has the least kind of. I don't really think about it as its own space, I guess, because it kind of, for me, it's just that bridge and then it goes out like this. Like, you know, I think of Adventureland and Frontierland and stuff like that, but I just feel like 
maybe it's because there's nothing in that area that interests me here, but I do love New Orleans Square as well. So I, it's tough. It's weird. It's Imagine a, a Cafe I, Orleans where yeah. you can get your mint jewels. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I do think um, about that. I mean, know. I think that's part of the problem right there, Rhino. If, you, if you're not even considering Liberty Square as anything important, then Well, then that, I'm not one to kick to New England to the curb. You know, I know it's not New England. It's, or it's that general, the north the northeast i colonial northeast yeah, yeah so it just it does remind me of home in some ways so i would i'm just that's why i'm hesitant that's the only thing reason i like but it's pretty silly that i don't do anything there i only like walking <laughs> through whereas like in new orleans square it's like what you said i like the mint julep i like all the food locations and you got club 33 right up there too and yeah club 33 like there you got some really great stores i think their pirates store is much much better than ours um they've got that They've got that cologne and perfume location that, I mean, it's the same stuff we have like in Epcot in France and in, uh, in Italy. Um, but for whatever reason, whenever I'm out there, I have to buy a bottle of cologne. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I, I don't know what it is, but there's just, that's become like my thing. So uh, I don't know. Just, I thought, think the stores are better. I think the whole area is just better themed than our Liberty Square is. Um, and I think they have much, much better dining options. Yeah. And for me, it brings me close to Walt Disney, too, because that was one of the last projects that he worked on along with you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I, when I'm over at New Orleans, it's just like, this is, this is Walt Disney's baby. You know, I mean, of course, all of Disneyland is, but really, New Orleans hits that home for me. Right. Right. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Disneyland edition of the Diz Uncle. Have a great week. Everybody.